0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, I guess I haven't been up just yet. If you are new to this place, my name is Corey Summers. I'm the lead pastor here at Somerset Baptist Church. Really glad to have you with us this morning. Looking forward because uh, today. We're talking about, uh, uh, we're capping off a series where Jesus answers the question in his own words for himself. Who is Jesus? Who is he? And, uh, oh, are you going to be able to pull that up? Oh, thank you. You're so good. Thank you so much, Glenn. Um, <laughs> But one of the things that we're gonna read about today is a setting in Jesus' life where he's saying goodbye to his disciples. And I don't know if you know what that's like to sit around the table and say goodbye to maybe your family or your close friends. Uh, I I think about, I'm just reminded today, uh, there's a friend of our church family and he grew up in this church, his name's Troy Dennis, and he just got back this week from a stint with the military for six months. And I was just thinking like, what would that be like to say goodbye to your family for six months? And how how would you do that, right? Like, would you sort of leave a, Hey, here's my picture, you know, and you find the best picture of you that you can, if one does exist, right? And you say, okay, use this to remember me, or uh, like, like, what do you do? You know, shoot a goodbye video, uh, like, what, what do you leave them? What tangible things do you leave them to remind them that, oh, even though I can't be here for the next while, that I love you, that you're, that you're close to me, that you're special to me. And I wonder what you would do in a, in a case like that. I was just thinking as he, comes, he came back this weekend, how, how you would say goodbye to somebody that way. And that's kind of like a little bit of the question that Jesus is uh, kind of tackling in John chapter 15 and following. He's getting ready to say goodbye to his disciples. Now, the good news is even though it looks like they're going to have to survive without Jesus, it's not really true. Because embedded in this goodbye is some of the greatest news about how they won't have to miss Jesus at all. So, today again, we're gonna wrap up as we think about what Jesus left his disciples. We're gonna wrap this series with about Jesus. I am statements. Now we're going to come back to it leading up to Easter because there are seven of these statements in the Gospel of John. Uh, Week number one, we looked at right in the top uh, left hand corner Jesus is the bread of life and we found out how he satisfied our needs. Uh, We talked about how Jesus is the, the light of the world. That's the second image over there. And how Jesus shines light into our darkness. What good news that is. And then last week, just to the left, of uh, the I am statement there, you see a door. We looked at Jesus is the door and the gate for the, for the sheep. He's the way we can access a personal relationship with God. Good news, he's the door. We want to walk through the door, and we want to stay safe behind the door, and we want to stand by the door to point others to the door. Remember from last week? Well, I guess some of you really missed out the last couple of weeks, haven't you? Because there have been storms. But that's a little recap of what we've been talking about. Now this week, we're going to look at Jesus' statement just at the top right-hand corner where Jesus uses another farming image to describe what he is leaving his disciples and what is available to you and me. And this morning... uh, this series has meant a lot to me, I gotta tell you, because it is, it's really gotten to the core of who Jesus is and how he is, like, he can be my center, and he can be the hub of my life, and he's the source of my life. And it, it, it's been not only comforting to know that Jesus is all of these things and more, but that actually it's for me. It's just like Jesus isn't just the light of the world, but he's my light in my darkness. It's meant a lot to me. Uh, this week, though, we're going to learn the secret to why we feel often so drained. Do you ever feel drained? Do you feel powerless? Do you feel uh, worn out? Do you feel like you're ever spinning your wheels? Of course you do, right? And January's famous for that, isn't it? Right in the in the dead of winter, we feel that way. We feel tired. We feel worn out. And uh, I like what one writer wrote about this. His name was Henry. Now, and and uh, like he just. He he saw in himself, and he saw through us. Um, He put it this way. He said, it it so often feels like, we think about life, he thinks about life as a wagon wheel, and it's got many spokes. In the middle, you see in the middle, there's a hub, right, for all those spokes to come out. But often in life, uh, I think it was true for him, and it's true for us that it feels like we're not in the hub, we're not in the center, but we're out on the rim, running around, spinning around. Doesn't it feel like that's what life is all about? And when you're out on the, on the rim, you're feeling tired. You're feeling worn out. You're feeling used up. You're feeling drained. So what would it be like to live life at the hub? And what is that hub? And so the secret to why we feel this way and how things can change is in Jesus' incredible promise, I am the vine. I'm the true vine. So we're going to read John chapter 15. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn there. John 15, and we'll be reading, oh, about the first five verses of John chapter 15. And here's what it says. Jesus said, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Isn't that? Isn't that, doesn't that get to the heart of it? Doesn't that get to the heart of what you want? Doesn't that feel like the, there's something embedded in there that is the answer to why I feel the way I do and the way out? It's good news today. Really pretty simple. Jesus is saying this. He's saying stay connected if you want to bear fruit in your life. And so again, it's all about Jesus being, where he says, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. Jesus is the vine. And of course, this is about a vineyard, right? Jesus using this image said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, remain in me, stay connected to me. In other words, you can't do life on your own. You have to stay connected to a life-giving source. What is that life-giving source? And then Jesus not only says that he's the vine, he says he's the true vine, which must mean that there, not only is there a true vine, but there must be false vines, pretend vines, phony vines. And what are they too? Well, and Jesus' claim, I got to tell you, it would have offended a lot of people when he said he was the true vine. Uh, because the people he was talking to, they thought that Israel was the true vine. Is they trace the history of God's story with people in the Old Testament, Israel was the true vine. So when Jesus is saying, well, no, I'm the true vine, he's creating a whole lot of questions with them. Okay, what, what about us? What about our religion? Isn't that the true vine? And in fact, in the temple, above the entrance of the temple, the gates of the temple, that is, there were golden vines and grape clusters. And they were huge. They were like as large as people. It was this temple de- de- decoration. And what, what you're finding is Jesus is also saying, it's like, I- I'm that. You don't need that. I am it. I am that vine. Stay connected to me. I'm replacing the temple. I'm replacing this religion that you're depending on so much. Jesus is the true vine. That's what he's saying. And so the lesson is then you've got to stay connected to the true vine. Now, that word connected, that's taken on so much different meaning over the last 30 years, right? Or even the last 20. Because connected is something that I think we kind of understand. And in fact, you know, there's, there's mixed reaction. It's great that I'm connected all the time, right? You're so connected that, uh, and I'll put it up on the screen, that uh, if you want to text questions to me during the message, uh, I won't. Shout out your name or anything like that. I won't ridicule you, you know. Uh, I might not get your question, but on uh, in, in Sunday morning, the questions are there, right? You, you can text questions because we're so connected, right? We're connected all the time. We have Wi-Fi. It's everywhere. And even if you don't have Wi-Fi, then we've got data, right? We're always connected. And so it's sort of taken on this meaning, this life of his own, that the connection Jesus is talking about is much different. He's not talking about being connected uh, in, in terms of information. He's not talking about being connected in terms of, you know, belonging to some kind of religion. He's talking about being connected to him. He's the source of life. Stay connected to Jesus. And, uh, The word that he uses there, and it's used over and over again in this passage, if you read through John 15, is remain. Remain in me. Don't try to find other sources of life on your own. Remain in me. Verse 4, remain in me as I remain in you. Remain in the vine. Unless you remain in me, Jesus says. If you remain in me and I remain in you, in verse 5. If you don't remain in me, in verse 6. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, verse 7. Remain in my love, verse 9. You will remain in my love, verse 10. See, it's all over the place. Jesus is speaking about being connected. Stay connected if you want to find life and to be fruitful and connected to Jesus. And don't attach yourself to false vines, right? So if there's a true vine, that must mean that there are false vines. And there are all sorts of them out there. And they're, they're, they're good things, right? Right? But they just can't sit at the hub of your life. They, they can't support the weight. They don't bring life in themselves. Social status, right? It's great to have friends. It's great to be popular. I mean, who wants to be lonely, yeah? But it's, it can be fake, right? It, it, it can fade. Friends will let us down. And the status we think we have, we doubt it all the time. Even if we're in a room full of people who say they're our friends, you can still feel alone. There's work, too. A lot of us bury ourselves in our work, hoping to find meaning there. Right? That's a false vine. That leads to nowhere. It's not rooted in any source of life or achievement. Right? If you've ever played the success game, whatever the trappings of success are in your life, or maybe your parents told to you, or or you've got some source in your life of wisdom and guidance that's saying, oh yeah, this is how you achieve. It's it's, it's It's fleeting. You will question yourself like every time, no matter how great you are at your job, no matter how many trophies, no matter how many rewards, no matter, uh, no matter how many acclamations you get. You'll question that because it's not a true vine. It's a false vine. Busyness, right? We talked about that. Living life at the rim of the wheel. It, 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 it doesn't satisfy. Addictions. We often go to addictions. Those are kind of our crutches, our source of support to try to deal with the stress that we feel because we just don't feel alive inside. It's a false fine. But staying connected to Jesus, Jesus is saying, no, if you find in me your source of life and meaning, you're not going to have that hollow feeling. That hub is going to be strong. And you're going to have a source of life right at the very center. And and I want to do this. I, I want this to lodge inside of your head and find its way this week into your heart as you walk out the doors here today, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are my branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear fruit. And, and here's the kicker. Like, what kind of fruit is Jesus talking about here? Because when, when we look at this, just remember, this isn't just the kind, just the you know, fruit that you could see or taste or whatever. What kind of fruit is Jesus talking about Well, uh, there's a passage in the Bible that really zones in on this one. Paul carries it out. He's a follower of Jesus, and he says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and And self-control. I don't think I had to go very far in that list, and you're saying, man, I want that. If that's the kind of fruit Jesus is talking about, if you stay connected to him, I want that. Who wouldn't, eh? It's amazing fruit. And and, and what you'll notice about all of this, this has so little to do with those false finds that we're talking about earlier. Right? This has so little to do with what the world would define as success or effectiveness. i tell you what, you can be super busy, and you can feel like you're super productive, but that's not real fruit. Don't let other people define what fruit is in your life. Fruit is the character of a life that's filled with Jesus. That's what this is. That's what Jesus offers. So as Jesus makes his home in you, as you stay connected to Jesus and start to follow him and make his will and his desires the center of your life, then this is the fruit that happens and who wouldn't want that? But of course, the, the other thing Jesus says, he's so honest, he cuts right to the heart, is that being connect, disconnected means no fruit in your life. He said, you'll bear much fruit, and apart from me, you can do nothing. Now that seems like really strong words. Like, really, nothing? And I think what Jesus is saying here is, nothing meaningful, nothing important, nothing permanent, nothing truly satisfying. I mean, you can stay busy in your life. You can work hard, you can go to school, you can have hobbies and activities and interests and all of this that that taste pretty good, but they're, they're not truly satisfying. You're always longing for more. And they're not permanent. They're not going to outlast you in this life and outlive you for generations. And if you don't remain in me, Jesus said, it's this idea of, of, of being pruned and, 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 and thrown away in terms of you're throwing your life away without Jesus at the center. So what Jesus is saying is this. He makes this bold claim. He's making a bold claim every single week that we talked about this. That if you aren't connected to Jesus, you are missing out on the best of life. Again, you can still have a busy life. You can still have a successful life, a productive life by some standards that the world might offer. But not the best of life. Jesus is saying somehow the best of life is a fruitful life. But then Jesus is also saying that fruitful life isn't the way the world would define it. It is defined by staying connected to Jesus. Is there a difference between being fruitful and being busy and being productive? Absolutely. And it's so true even if you're a follower of Jesus that you can be busy for Jesus but unconnected to Jesus. Does does that... As you sink in, does that make sense? You can be busy for Jesus, doing lots of good religious things, serving, and still unconnected to Jesus. It's the connection that he wants. That's the source of your life. Um, and, and you can understand that. If you, if you are married or if you've been married, you, you understand what marriage might be like. You, you can have a marriage where you have separate interests, but you don't do stuff together? What's gonna happen down the road when that happens, right? Or you can have a marriage, it's so easy for the kids to become a focus. And I mean, hey, listen, you gotta take care of the kids. Don't get me wrong. But when the kids become the focus in the marriage and you don't invest in your relationship, what's gonna happen, right? You can have a busy life, you can have a busy marriage, but what it's really about is that connection. To each other. And and so that's a little encouragement for those of you who who are married these days, right? Just with your partner, make sure that that's true. Nothing's getting in the way of that. But it's also a lesson about our relationship with God. Not just to be busy for God or busy with life, but actually connected to him, the source of our life. So stay connected because the very best life is a connected life. Uh, and now I know you're wondering today why I brought these object lessons. Uh, I'm not playing the prices right today. You don't have to guess the value of each of these. Uh, uh, this merchandise, right? So uh, if you're listening online today and can't see, it's uh, um, it's a it's a light fixture here, and I've got a fan as well. And also just a little reminder: Super Bowl is coming. Here's a popcorn maker in the shape of a football. Yes. Okay. I think you can see that from there, right? Um, so. You know, I, this is really, to me, an image of what life can be like, right? Uh, because, well, let me just take a moment to plug some of these things in. Uh, got a power bar here, right? Power bars uh, turned on, no, no issue there. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and plug in, uh, first of all, the light lamp. And uh, here goes the fan, okay? And now the popcorn maker. Sorry, no popcorn in that today for you friends. Uh, Okay, and then I'm just going to take a moment now, I'm going to plug it in, uh, the power bar. Okay. Great. So, let's take a look for a sec. Uh, Oh, turn this light on, this light on, nothing's going on, popcorn maker, not a thing, turn the fan on high, blow me away, nope, it's not happening. And of course, you know why, right? What did I do? I plugged the power bar in, but I just plugged it into itself. And I think that's so much of a picture and an image about how sometimes I try to do life in my own strength or depending on the resources of others. And the Bible says when you do that, um, you, there's no power. There's no strength. The only way to have strength for life, have powerful living, is to be connected to Jesus. He's the true source of strength. Now, I kind of thought for, for a bit, you know, the image would be uh, uh, the way sometimes i, I I like to think life is powered, is like a laptop, right? Where the battery gets all charged up, and then you know I can disconnect it from power supply. I can go wherever, and I can use my laptop. And then you know it it, uh, in the corner I have a little bit this much remaining, you know, this much time, this much power is remaining. But the more I think about it, I think the more Jesus is saying that if you try to live like that, life like that, you're going to be disappointed. Because life doesn't work that way. If you're not plugged into the source of power, like these things that I have here, then life just doesn't work. So, you know, quite obviously, when you plug your life into the source of true power, the true vine, there we go, right? We have light. We have wind. And we have popcorn, if there was popcorn on the machine, Right? So I just want you to remember that today, right? This stay connected to Jesus. And uh, this morning, well, I'll turn this one off because that'll be a little annoying over time. But I want to ask, how, how do you know if you need to be more connected to Jesus? Well, the answer is always yes, that you do need to be more connected to Jesus. But the way that you know the signs in your life pointing to that you need to be more connected to Jesus aren't found on the outside of your life. They're found in the inside of your life. So on the outside of your life, you could be like a, this really encouraging person saying the right things to people at the right time. But inside, take a look. Are you critical? Are you jealous of other people? That's a sign you're not connected to the true vine. Uh, on the outside, you could be like really polite, very courteous to people, you know, and people could see you as a very polite person, but what if inside you're angry in that place where only you see, and maybe just you, you let that release on others sometimes because you're just not strong enough? That's a sign that you're not connected. Uh, what if you're popular or what if you're a popular person, but inside you feel lonely, Right? On the outside, we can feel satisfied, but inside we can feel like really hungry. On the outside, we can look really upbeat, but inside we're dead tired. On the outside, you can look calm and kind, but inside there could be secrets. That's how you would know that you've missed out on connecting to the true vine. So, what do you do today? Make your home in Jesus. That's what he says, abide in me, remain in me, make your home in me. And how you do that, let me offer you three ideas. The first thing, and you can't get beyond it, because this is so much about grace and not about trying harder, is to receive. Just simply open up your life to receive the love and the truth of Jesus. You need to feed on Jesus, and and not just Jesus, because I mean, if, if you're if you're by yourself, you can't do this alone. Jesus has wired you this way that you've got to find other people who love Jesus too. You need flesh and blood fellowship with other people. That's how you get fed. Jesus works through them and speaks into your life. You need this daily, balanced diet of, of scripture, of conversation with God, of teaching, of encouragement because you can't follow him alone, again, and worship. Right? Every day. That's what the very first followers of Jesus who changed the world did. It was an everyday thing. They had this balanced diet. Read about it in Acts chapter 2. And I don't think that we, we haven't advanced so far in our culture that we're beyond that. You and I, we need it too. Feed on Jesus. Receive his love and his truth. And then, Again, it, just, it sounds so simple. It sounds almost childlike. But Jesus said, that's what you got to be to enter the kingdom of God. Do what God says. If you look down in verse 10 of John chapter 15, where Jesus said, I'm the true vine. He said, if you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. It's the secret. Do what God says. Don't just understand what God says. Don't mem- just memorize what God says. Do it. Seek out what he's asking Live out what he's asking. And then also to love like God loves. In verse 12 of John chapter 15, Jesus said this My command is this love each other as I have loved you. Love the least. Love the forgotten. Love the overlooked. This is how we live from the center. This is your hub. He is your true vine. And uh, let's take a moment now and pray and, and, and commit to God and seal it that he is that to us. Let's pray. God, I pray you'd help us to live from the center, to live from our true vine. And we confess that's you, Jesus. Jesus, you are our life. Be the center as we make our home in you, in Jesus.